You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Uh, back again today with just something I caught in, uh, I suppose online in a couple of publications. One was Sports Witness. I can't remember the other one. I think it was a Turkish um, newspaper as well that I seem to just just uh, come across. And it was that Aston Villa and Una Emery in particular is interested in Vedat Mariki, um, who is a Kosovan striker. He's currently playing with Mallorca. Um, signed with Mallorca last year on loan and signed with them permanently this year from from Lazio. Um, he's six foot four and he's a big different type of striker. Before I go any further with this, the likelihood of us signing Vera uh, Mariki is probably low. But I just thought he was an interesting character. He was an interesting um, striker. He's had an interesting career, albeit the majority of it has been in Turkey. Um, he's he's 28 years of age and he's hit La Liga and he started to score for fun there at the moment. And and he's a different type of striker than what we have already. Um, is he going to sign for Aston Villa? Probably not. May not. He may not do, but... Um, it, uh, it, as I say, he has been linked tentatively with Aston Villa recently. The Birmingham Mail had picked up on a couple of things as well and had printed it um, on their online editions with regards to Vedat Mariki. So that's why I'm going to take a little look into him. And also the fact that it seems that uh, Unai Emery is looking for a big striker, a taller striker. Um, I'm not going to say a less mobile striker because this guy isn't immobile at all in any way, shape or form. And just like when we spoke about Marcus Turam, um, he's a bigger guy, someone who can win the ball in the air. And I think we'll all agree that while our strikers uh, offer lots of effort on the ground, they are really good in the air. And for a team that crosses the ball or has crossed the ball traditionally as much as we have over the last two to three years, I think it'd be nice to have a small bit of heft in there. So that's why I think this guy is a small bit interesting. So for all of you who are going to comment underneath there saying this is never going to happen, that it's paper talk, whatever, I fully understand that. 
I'm interested in talking about the player. And I know a lot of other people here that watch the podcast and watch the channel are interested in getting to know about these players as well and seeing what they potentially could offer to Aston Villa too. So with that little disclaimer out of the way, let's take a little look at um at, at Vedat Mariki. As I say, he's uh uh, he's Kosovo international. He's played for Kosovo forty-four times, scored twenty-three goals. Um, obviously Kosovo would are only on the uh, only um officially ratified, I think, as a nation within FIFA since two thousand and fourteen. I think it could be. Um, so uh, forty-four games, twenty-three goals is is a nice return. Uh, for Kosovo so far, he did play under twenty-one for Albania. Um, at that time, um, he had to play under twenty-one for Albania in 2000, 2013 Um, due to uh, due to the ratification of Kosovo as an actual country within um within uh FIFA. So started off his career. At um, oh, I can't even pronounce how <laughs> pronounce the name of the team. Lira Prison, and then moved on to Tetuta Dures. Both of them in the um in the Albanian league. And from there, in two thousand and fourteen, he got his move to Turkey. His first move to Turkey was to a team called Giresunspor, and um, where he scored twenty one goals in fifty seven games. Moved on to Genser Berigli uh, in two thousand sixteen, scoring four, five and forty six. So that move didn't wasn't as fruitful for him when he moved there. But then he did move on to Rizespor. Um, scoring 25, 25 goals in fifty games, that move then got him a, a move to um, or that that form should I say over that year got him a move to Fenerbahce where he scored fifteen and thirty two, and then on the back of that he moved to Serie A and he moved to Serie A in twenty twenty to Lazio. Started thirty eight games, now he scored one goal, and there was a lot of reasons for the difficulties in him actually uh, hitting the ground running. With regards to to Serie A, there was um it, number one, it was during COVID, um a lot of the games were uh were truncated, a lot of his ability to train was truncated, and so on. But it was considered a failure for him in Serie A, and from there in twenty twenty two, at the start of last season, at the middle of last season. Um, he moved to Mallorca, where he scored five goals and sixteen for uh for Mallorca. And this season, he has come back and he has hit the heights, uh, scoring eight league goals in twelve games. And overall, uh, he's an overall record of thirteen and twenty in twenty nine for Mallorca since he joined them in all competitions last season. So that's not a bad return for this guy. He seems to obviously he he uh, hit the heights in Turkey with Rizespor and then uh, Fenerbahce playing in the Superliga, playing in the um playing in the Champions League uh, at that period of time. First Kosovo, I think, ever to play in the Champions League as well um, against Dortmund when he talked out for Fenerbahce. Um, but his move to Serie A didn't work out. And look, all players will have one move that doesn't work out and the majority of players will have one move that doesn't work out. But then his move to Mallorca certainly has worked out for him. And as I say, he's scoring, he's eight goals already in 12 La Liga appearances this season. That is not to be sniffed at. I think he's only second to Lewandowski um, in the scoring charts in La Liga uh, this season. So uh, he's an interesting character. As I say, will Aston Villa sign him? I think not. Um, I think it's probably, I would give it maybe a 20% chance that he signs uh, for Aston Villa, but he's an interesting character. We're going to take a little look at him as well. 
one of the things that you look at when you look at Vedat Mariki, and and uh, I watched a couple of his games. Uh, thank uh, the thank everything that that is to be thanked for the the scouting software that I have because it's actually really uh, it it gives me great insight, I suppose, and gives me great uh, ability to be able to watch these games and watch truncated clips of these proper clips. Um, you know, over a course of maybe five, six, seven, eight years, and I'm very thankful to have access to it. Uh, and specifically when you're looking at somebody like uh, Avedat Mariki, whereby you want to see little things that he does, because obviously in these in these uh, scouting videos, I can't show videos. Number one, and second of all. I don't want to be sitting here for an audio point of view because a lot of people listen to this in the audio podcast. I don't want to be sitting here and talking about a lot of still shots that w- that uh, I've taken um, over the seven or eight games that I might watch of these players. And 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 that's going to be the same for this guy, Vedat Mariki. But I have taken some nice little snippets to showcase things that I've seen him do regularly and things that I feel are part of his arsenal and not just flashes in the pan. So we will speak about those in a moment. But as always... Um, for anybody on the audio podcast, uh, if you want to check this out on YouTube, I will talk through this as much as I can, as I am just about to show up my slide deck here for Vedat Mariki uh, for Mallorca. And I've, I've only quoted Sports Witness there. And specifically, the only reason I've done that is because I've forgotten the other uh, publications that uh, have linked Vedat Mariki to Aston Villa here. So let's take a little look at him here. He's he's uh, This is the radial graph that, I, that we like to use. And the, and, and the radial graph here, um, showcases, I suppose, some of the areas that I think are uh, uh, are are beneficial for for strikers uh, within um, within the, the the parameters that we have now, um, and 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 also um, I suppose these are just some of the areas that I like to see from our strikers. And what we can firstly see from uh, Vedat Mariki is that all around he seems to be a pretty decent player. Yes, he, he we've got some anomalies there. Danny Ings does have some anomalies with regards to uh, his goals per shots taken and that usually does tend to um, tend to, to skew things uh, when we look at this radial graph because he, he has a, a very good goals to shots taken ratio um, considering that he hardly ever gets the ball for Aston Villa but that's a, a conversation for another day. Um, but What I'm going to do is I'm going to steer your attention away from the radiograph at the moment because one of the things that I I haven't included in this radiograph is is, uh, more so kind of aerial ability and it's something that I'm actually going to to include in in future and I'm going to take out one of them. I just haven't decided what one of those metrics I'm going to take out yet. But Vedat Mariki would be brought in specifically for his aerial ability. He would be brought in. He's got a really good shots uh, shots total as well. So he takes a lot of shots in games. Shots on targets total, as we can see there, is 35.7%. It's not really great. It puts him in the bottom third of strikers amongst the top five leagues in Europe. Uh, but his aerial duels won the 53.6%. Um, I'm not saying that's all he can do, uh, and we will see that in a moment. He is quite adept with his feet. He's very good at scoring goals with uh, with both feet. He's a good penalty taker as well but what we want or what I'm, I'm I'm interested in this guy and what I think that Unai Emery might want because when you look at some of the players that he's had previously where he's had like the Jared Romero's they've been good in the air and we don't really have a striker that's really good in the air yes Ollie Watkins can hold the ball up from time to time and you know we can get the ball into feet with Danny Ings from time to time as well but we don't have one of those guys who can occupy de- defenders. And it was interesting to see uh, uh, Marcus Turam recently as well being linked because he's somebody who offers a bit of heft to him. He's a bigger body type of striker. He's got a a, a very, very rounded skill set. And Vedat Mariki for a, a price less than Turam. Turam has been quoted at some serious prices. And also Turam was... was um, 
was uh, has been linked to Bayern Munich, with Dortmund, with Inter, with Arsenal, you know, with a lot of teams that Aston Villa would have to fight with. Vedat Mariki um, doesn't seem to be linked with teams in that in that egg. Although back in 2020, when he was with Fenerbahce before he moved to Lazio, Spurs were really really interested in him, and they put they made a big play to sign him, um, and he decided then to go to Serie A. Um, and to Lazio at that time. I, I don't know any more into that or why that would be the case, but um, that is something that I've read up on um, on Vedat Mariki as to why that would happen. Um, so when we look at uh, when we look at there, he's scoring frequency every 209 minutes. That's aggregated out over the last two seasons, which makes it last 135 days. Uh, sorry, 365 days as opposed to 135 days. 365 days. Pass attempts. He's very good at linking the play. He can he he attempts lots of passes, but his pass completion rate is rather low. Even that uh, bearing that as a striker as well. So look, when you get the ball up to him, <coughs> excuse me, when you get the ball up to him. He is going to um, to hold that ball up. He's going to get, get uh, a lot of touches on the ball. He's going to get a lot of flick-ons for players to run on. He's going to get he's going to be able to hold it up and play that ball backwards to people. But if you're expecting him to play an awful lot of killer passes, that's not something this guy will do. And I think once you see him play, that's not something you would expect him to do based on his physical and his metabolic makeup. That uh, when you just take one look at him, the eyeball test, uh, that's not what you would be bringing him in there for. Um, very rarely gets dispossessed and, and I wanted to bring this one up here so he's in the top uh, 80% for dispossession so he's, he doesn't get dispossessed that, that often and you know we tend to see that our strikers either the ball either sticks to them or they, they, they don't get it at all and that puts pressure on our midfield and we've much maligned our midfield over the last two years or probably even since we've gotten back into the Premier League. The midfield has been much maligned. It's been very passive. We've spoken about it. We've talked about why we can't get a foothold in midfield. And one of the reasons is that, you know, sometimes when you kick the ball off a brick wall up top and the ball just keeps on coming back against you, you know, you're constantly turning backwards and forwards and you never get an opportunity to settle yourself in midfield, to play the territory game in midfield, to play that zonal kind of game that most midfields will play, whereby, play, whereby players will be able to get set, get into, into positions that doesn't happen when you're when your strikers are continually continuously losing the ball and when you have to continuously play the ball wide and maybe go to more of a counter-attacking formation. We've all seen that with Aston Villa previously. Having a bigger bodied striker like Mariki would allow us to to mix up the play. He's not a one-trick pony from that point of view. He's not Ronaldo of the the late nineties, early uh, early two thousands. He's something in the, like he he's a functional player who's got decent feet and can hold up the ball and has a decent scoring record over the last uh, over the last three hundred and sixty five days. So he's somebody that I think that would be interesting. I could see why Unai Emery would be looking at it a different type of player allowing you to play a different type of way. And you know if if Unai Emery is very serious about playing two strikers up top, having strikers that can to do, they can do different things to pair strikers together. It's very, very beneficial. It doesn't make us one-dimensional. It doesn't mean that if we just play Mariki teams, we know we're going to go along. It absolutely, it absolutely wouldn't because we would have the Ings and the Watkinses beside. They can run the channels. They can play balls through the centre. They can, they can get onto balls through the centre, and Mariki can do that as well. And we're going to take a little look at, at, at that in a moment because. If you were to just define him by his height and by what he's been asked to do throughout the course of, of his career, which is utilize his height as a six foot four target man, um, you know, you would kind of you'd kind of sell him slightly short. Like he's not a world beater. And we're going to be honest here with this. He's not like he's not a world beater, but he's a guy who works well and fits and starts. He's a guy who works well in um 
in 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 certain uh, situations uh, and, and has worked well with certain teams. And when you get him into a team where he starts scoring goals, he starts scoring goals. So is it a bit of a risk? I think really, you know, that he's had two blips in his copybook, as we mentioned previously, one with Lazio and one move that he made made within the Turkish league. But most of all, he's had seasons where he's gotten to uh, double figures and, uh, you know, he's become a very, very functional player within a lot of those teams. So um, one of the things that you'll see from him is that, you know, he's very, very good at leading the line. That goes without saying, you know, you can leave him up top on his own. He will occupy one, if not two defenders. He's not going to get muscled out off the ball um, in, in situations. And I think from time to time we see that an awful lot. Um, you know, uh, his, re- his movement is very, very important because... What you see with his movement is he's not afraid to turn and run directly, but also you can see by his by his uh, heat map down below there that he does move laterally. So what he does, and this is another really interesting part as well, because if you guys watch Aston Villa's uh, build-up play from time to time, if the ball is if the out ball through midfield isn't there, and a lot of times it isn't from our goalkeeper um, to go to centre half and then the centre half to go to our pivot in midfield, if that isn't there. Emmy Martinez will kick the ball diagonally towards the sideline. Now, do we want Vedat Mariki? Do you want your big guy out there? No. But if your big guy is out there, this guy's going to be able to bring that ball down. He's going to be able to control it, lay it off. Or he's going to be able to knock it on to the likes of maybe a Buendia, maybe a Coutinho. When we spoke about uh, um, Marcus Turan, when we spoke about, about him, we mentioned that we want our strikers need to be when we look at the strikers that we have at the moment, the Danny Ings and the and the um and the Ollie Watkins, it seems to be a case that they have to make their chances or they have to be the be the ones that score the chances for them to affect the game. And what we want to do, what and and that can be difficult because that's that could be another reason as to why the likes of Buendia, why the likes of Coutinho aren't really getting into games and affecting games at all, because Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings are probably doing too much work outside of their functional role of being a striker. Now, if you've got somebody like Mariki here, what by doing that, by able to, being able to come to the sideline or come into the channels to win maybe a, a crossfield ball, it pulls centre-halves out, out of the defence. Okay, obviously the centre-half isn't going to follow him to the to the sideline. If that centre-half doesn't follow him to the sideline, he's got a mix, mismatch with, a, with a, a full-back. But what happens here is that we would be thinking that him winning the ball would, a pre, would be a precursor to getting more out of these two players or more out of our attacking speedier players, the likes of Coutinho, Bailey, Buendia, um, Jacob Ramsey, because it opens up that space in the middle. If the fullback doesn't, tra- doesn't track him, a midfielder has to track him. A centre-half, pro- like if a centre-half leaves, brilliant. That plays right into our hands, but it is unlikely that the centre-half will do that. And the fact that this guy isn't just going to be a beanpole a la Libor Kozak, who's just going to stand up there and do and just basically be there to win the ball when it comes down the middle, that can be beneficial to the team as well. And we will look at this in a moment in, in, in some slides that I have. Um, he's very adept at finding space. You know what? For somebody who's six foot four, sometimes he can hide himself. All right? This, that's going to sound pretty silly. So, And the way that he does that is by dropping off defenders and turning and doing things that they don't expect him to do, which would be diagonal runs across him or, or instead of trying to, or diagonal runs across them instead of running directly at them. You know, you think of big strikers like a Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch, actually, this guy is pretty like Peter Crouch from the point of view that Peter Crouch had good feet for a big man. You've often heard that thrown out around about him. 
this guy's pretty decent feet as well. Yes, his pass completion statistics don't show it there, but um, this guy is pretty good feet. We're going to actually see something in a moment where he can get swiveled and turned in the box when he wins that when he wins the ball. Like we want all good strikers to do. You know, so so the, the, he as I say, I want to stress again, this guy isn't the second coming of Niall Quinn. <laughs> okay? He's not the second coming of, of of that big, big striker that you're you're gonna want. But he's a very functional player. And I can understand if we were interested in him, I could understand some benefits he would bring to the team. And once again, I would say there's probably about a 20% chance this guy is even on our radar. But it's, he's an interesting person to talk about because it gives us trends that potentially Aston Villa are looking at. And we've been linked to two strikers so far, and both of them have been big dudes. And I think that's what we're going to look at, somebody with a bit more um, oomph up there to complement the strikers that we already have. Um. Yeah, <clears throat> look, uh, I, I'm I'm going to move on here to, to some more uh, slides. I had a couple of more notes on him there, but I think I've covered the majority of everything that I wanted to speak on there. So what I want to see, what I want to show here is, um, this is where he's playing for Kosovo against Northern Ireland. And I wanted to pick Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland are, are going to be a team that's going to play more like a, a, an English-based team. You know, a lot of all the players from Northern Ireland are going to be playing in the English league, uh, English league system, potentially the Scottish league system. Of a handful of them playing in the Northern Irish league, but I wanted to see what uh, um, I wanted to look at, um, at, at, at maybe how he how he reacted to this type of uh, pressure, I suppose, or, or or defensive kind of setup that we would see within the within the English leagues. And what we can see here is that he gets involved in a little bit of grapple. With the centre half here. I'm not sure who that centre half is. I think it might be Johnny Evans. I can't remember. But the winger has the ball out here on, on the sideline. You can see there where the arrow is going. The arrow is going towards uh, Vedet Mariki here. But what happens is he gets involved in a little bit of a, a kind of a hand-holding contest here with the, with the defender. And he resists the urge to push the defender to the ground. But what he does is he's able to play through the centre. And he's able to shrug off the centre half here without committing a foul. Look. Big do big guys like this, six foot four. It can be difficult sometimes, and they get they don't get the rub of the green. But what he does here is he actually disengages backwards, and then then propels himself forwards and shrugs off the defender here. And what happens is the ball gets played through, and he gets the. You can see the defender here is kind of left in all, in um, in no man's land after being shrugged off. The ball makes its way to him here on the edge of the area. And he just lets fly with his left with his right foot. And he's there. He's what? That's the 18-yard box. He's probably another six, seven, six, six yards out, out from the goal there. So if we're saying he's 25 yards out, he plants this one in the bottom right-hand corner. The goalkeeper's left here. And it's an absolutely fantastic finish. Takes an early snapshot after breaking free. And uh, it was a controlled finish into the bottom corner. I thought it was just a really, really nice goal. And it showed that... You know, you can look at this guy, you can look at his statistics and see him powering headers into the back of the net. You can see him blasting penalties into into the back of the net. But this is a nice, deft little finish for him. And he finds the bottom corner and he finds it deliberately. It wasn't a swing and hope. He finds it deliberately into the bottom corner. And, and I just like the look of this. As I say, he's got a really good scoring record for Kosovo um, in the in the Nations League and, and in, in qualifiers as well. So um, this wasn't exactly... Um, this wasn't exactly unexpected uh, to see him score a goal like this. When we move on to the next part, yeah, so we can see it here. So it goes into the bottom right-hand corner there. That's This is just, he keeps it nice and low and arrows it into the bottom corner of the goal. That's just the next uh, uh, still shot of, of this goal. Moving on here, this is a, this is a really interesting one because this is what most people will 
will uh, ex- expect of a big guy here. So what we have here is Mallorca have a throw-in. He occupies the centre half close to goal like any good number nine. So he's there on the centre half, closest man to the goalkeeper from a Yorker point of view. This uh, this ball uh, comes into him. It's obviously a throw in here, as I say. This is Mallorca versus Al Maria. Um, so the ball comes into him here. It's in the dying moments of the first half. Ball comes into him and he's able to control the ball here. So so the ball, I can't remember how it finds its way to him here, but I don't think it was directly from the throw. I think the ball finds its way to him in this instance here. If I was to bet this guy who's shaping up here um, just to, towards the edge of the area, I think has slid the ball into him. He picks the ball up with his back to goal. Defender in front of him, another defender to the to his right-hand side. But what he does really well here, and he, he, what he does and what you want to see a number nine do, Takes that ball in. He shields it brilliantly from the center half. He's comfortable with the defender covering him to the front and covering him to the back. And what he does is, because he's left-footed, he's able to make a very little little deft shift of the ball to his right-hand side. Uh, And... It, it, he utilizes defender behind, the defender behind him and brings him with him to actually take the other defender who's further back in the goals away from him. And you can see here when the ball comes to him, he's looking around to see where players are. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's utilizing, he's moving his weight, he's moving his center of gravity, he's bringing players with him and he's utilizing those defenders in a tiny spot, uh, um, tiny, tiny space here to be able to get that ball around into an opportunity for him to have a shot on goal. And what we see here is that he gets that ball all the way here, uses one defender to to um, to shield the other, and from here he has a snapshot with his left ha- with his left foot, and it goes in at the near post, right into the top corner. Absolutely brilliant goal, and one that I I can't remember an Aston Villa striker scoring uh, in in a long, long time. A type of goal like that where somebody was able to get the ball in, be comfortable with moving their body around, shifting it to the side. Yes, might the defending be a small a bit better? I think it would, but it's going to take a hell of a lot for anybody to get around Mariki here. The goalkeeping, there was nothing he could have done about the, the goal here, the goalkeeper. He just arrows it into the top corner, takes a swing at it, and I thought it was a really, really good illustration of what this guy can do in tight spaces because he is known for being able to work his feet, move around in those tight spaces, and as I say, he can, he can hide himself in space uh, as well for such a big man, um, which, is, which is quite interesting. Last one we have here, we see him, he's back in it, <coughs> he was back helping out his defence, that's him there, he's not nowhere near the fir- the nearest man to the to the goals, breaking from a defensive position, he keeps up with the play, he's not a, an Olympic sprinter by any matter of means, he's a big tall man, he's got a long languid stri- uh, uh, stride, he's not slow, but he's obviously not like a, a, a roadrunner that's, that, that, that's going to be out there, but he keeps up with play here, we can see it. Keeps up with playing, continues his run. Run. It's a very direct run. He knows exactly what's going to happen. But I think what, what's more important is that the team around him know what's going to happen. So the team around him here is shifting that ball wide because they can see he's on the trudge down the middle of the field. And what we can see here is they get bodies in the box quickly. We've got three players in the box there. He's occupying the center half. He's just pulled off the center half backwards a small little bit here. Ball gets into the box. He gets on the end of the header and he powers it across the goalkeeper where the goalkeeper is coming from to the goalkeeper's right and it hits in midway in the in the goals. Absolutely brilliant breakaway goal. So when I speak about this guy and when I was talking about him earlier that can he play the counter-attack? Will we, will we look like a one-dimensional team that's just going to go long? 
this guy can get back and forwards and get up and down the field. Um, he's not a labored runner by any matter of means. And uh, he jumps like a salmon here and powers this one into the back of the net, which I thought was really, really interesting uh, to see. Um, this is another one here. So this is, I think this might even be an assist that he made. Um, so what happens here is that he's occupying the defender and he comes forward off the defender against the run, towards where the ball is being played from. Gets three yards of separation from the defender to show for the ball on the edge of the box. This instance, this was a dummy run. So what it does here is you can see that we've kind of left the defender here in no man's land. This, these two guys here on the edge of the D are expecting the ball to come into him. You can see where they're looking. They're looking for that pass. He's occupied at least two players in this instance here. And, and uh, Mallorca have gotten players around the ball. This is against Atletico Madrid as well. So uh, this is a top tier opposition. What we can see here is that that dummy run, basically the ball come, gets uh, gets played across the box and gets played into this position here where the where the player is, um, uh, is has that ball in this instance here being, being uh, closed down. What happens here is Vedat Mariki, you can see the separation that he has three yards off that defender that's trailing him at the moment. He was three yards off him to start. He turns, he blows past him, gets into this position quickly. There is only... If I, let's see how many there's only four seconds between this so when this when this ball is played in here it's played in a bit more centrally then that then the cutting pass is played in here towards uh the the, the accompanying striker but what happens here is mariki just continues his run gets past that defender leaves him for dead over that short space and um, this man squares the ball across and uh, mariki tucks it into the back of the net so those little runs that he makes in and around the area, he occupies defenders. He's not afraid to get turned. He doesn't run into people. He's not a clumsy runner. Um, it, I thought that that was really, really interesting. So that is Veda Mariki. As, as I say, is he going to sign for Aston Villa? Once again, as I said at the start, I'd be surprised um, given the fact he's only just moved to Mallorca. Uh, recently he's got a very good scoring record he was an interesting character and I think but the reason that I do an awful lot of these is to try and find reasons as to why uh, we're being linked with these players um, and are these actually the types of players that the that the brain trust are maybe looking at to come in and complement the players that we have so far we've been linked to two players who've been well over six foot who are a bit who are mobile and can score goals both headers left foot right foot and I think that that's really really interesting so whether you like it or whether you don't, guys, I'd really appreciate a subscription. I really appreciate a thumbs up on this. We're looking to get to 5,000 subs before the end of the year. It's uh, it's the 1st of December when this is going out. So we've 30 days to make about seven, about 600 subs. That would be absolutely amazing if we could. It's looking unlikely, but you guys can try and help me with that one if you can. It costs you absolutely nothing to subscribe, and I would really appreciate hitting the 5K mark prior to Christmas, if at all possible. If you do like this, as I say, give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends. We will be back with more of these as and when um, conversations or are, are reporting is happening with regards to people that we're being linked with. I will be back again tomorrow with another one on Mikel Marino. Um, I know we were linked with him previously, centre half, from, or sorry, a central midfielder from Real Sociedad. Um, and I will be back with, with, with a um, podcast on him tomorrow. So thank you so much for all you doing, supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.